an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. All right, welcome to season three of the Stark Transformation Show. We are going to have a lot of fun this season. I have created a Patreon community where we can all connect. It is free to join and you'll have access to all the information that I have been looking at and sharing across platforms all in one place. And if you'd like to support me as a creator, there are two other tiers. One of those tiers is called Attitude of Gratitude, and you will get daily inspiration from me as a private podcast Monday through Friday. The other tier gives you everything else I've mentioned, plus this one is called A Force for Good. We will meet live on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can ask me your questions. I look forward to you joining my Patreon community. Let's get started. I was like, I don't know what to do with this, but I am so frustrated. I literally don't know what, how to create change. I knew a friend of a friend that was an EFT practitioner. And I was like, I literally have no idea what I'm getting into, but I'm going to sign up and I'm going to go and I'm going to do a session with you. We did it. And I think for somebody who didn't like to close their eyes and sit there and be with my own, only myself. It was nice to have that dialogue. It was nice to have like a physical sensation to what you were doing. All of those sort of eased me into it. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. This show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, it's your hosting coach, Amy Stark. And today I have Chris Rice, who's an empowerment coach. She is going to teach us about owning our truth because I do know Chris's story and she embodies her spirituality so well. And she has a particular story that spurred her journey and I can't wait for her to share it with you. So Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. So Chris, what happened that started this whole mindfulness journey for you? It all really started when I became a mom. I have two young daughters. One's 11 now and one is eight. And when the older one was little, life was just very challenging. It very much didn't match what I anticipated motherhood would be. And while there weren't like very clear, like, here's what's happening, there were these constant red flags all the time of just this feels really hard. This feels really difficult. Why is every day so grinding to get through? And why does it feel like we kind of can't get our footing and things can't get easier? And she was very little when all this was transpiring. And so it really left me questioning a lot. I actually was home a lot with her. I worked from home and my husband traveled a lot. And so it kind of felt like it was just me seeing these things over and over again. And I had to sit with the question of, is this quote unquote normal, or is this something that I need to question further and dig into to kind of figure things out? And it took me a couple of years of just constantly seeing what I was seeing and experiencing these daily challenges to really 
kind of put my foot down and be like, I don't know the answer, but this can't continue. There's just something here. And I am a recovering perfectionist and definitely somebody who likes to have all the answers and have a plan laid out in front of me and be super organized and efficient about it. And this was everything but. So the fact that I could sit there and say, this is not right. We need to do something. And I don't have the answer was really a pivotal point for me to just change the way that I interacted in the world, in my life, in all things. Yeah, it was pretty earth shattering for you. Mm -hmm. Can you paint a picture of like what you're talking about on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. Like what were you going through? What was happening? Yeah. Um, I'm sitting up here in my office right now as we talk and it's in a loft. And when I was, when she was little, she would stand at the bottom. I would have like a little gate to try and keep her down there because she just wanted to be near me at all points in time. I realized like a lot of kids like that, but there was like a urgency to it. She could not be apart from me. And she would, I would be up here on meetings and I would listen to her screaming and crying and just doing everything she could to like close the gap of space between us. Or I would try and brush her hair because she wanted long hair. And I mean, I still to this day, I'm like, how, how was someone not called? (laughs) Because it was extreme. It happened every day. Like there was a lot of tactile things like that. She could only wear a certain pair of socks. There was only one brand of pants we could buy for a decade. And then dropping her off at preschool, as you might imagine, was very hard. It took nine months before we could drop her off and she wouldn't be literally clawing me to try and stay with me. So those were just like, those are the ones that always like shine the brightest in my memory. But I know that there were just a lot of things like eating was challenging. There were only certain foods she would have. Everything that was like a daily rhythm of life had some form of a challenge to it. So Mm -hmm. it was like, you never just got something that was easy or happened effortlessly, everything took effort and work to get through. And you were basically home alone a lot with her. I mean, you had your mom's help, right? But you were the brunt of it was falling on you because your husband was traveling and working. So when all this was going down, you had this moment where you were like, this can't keep going on. Like, Mm -hmm. what did what was your first step? My first step was to say it to my husband. So I had literally like locked it down inside me and just like kept adding these bricks of questions day after day. And I just laid it out to him because I was like, I know you're not here all the time to see this, but I know that I look at these other kids that we're friends with and that our family knows and nobody else's life looks like this. So I don't know what help looks like, but we have to figure out a form of help for her and for me. Like, I, I don't know how to continue at this pace. And she's only two. Yeah. <laughs> and his, <laughs> like, this has been a long two years. And his honest reaction at first was like, what do you do? Like, do you sit down in therapy with your toddler? Like, I don't know what you think you're going to gain but from this. When I think about his reaction then to like how he'll react to things now that I'll share with him, like we both have come so far in who we are over this journey that she's really taken us on. It's been a gift. I mean, it's transformed us all, even though it started with the challenges that it did. I'm very thankful that I listened to those nudges early on because I think it's easy to run fast and try and ignore them for 10 years. And I could have just been starting 
this path to supporting her and myself now or in another 10 years. But right. I listened to my gut. I listened to my instinct about it. Maybe like for the first very pivotal time ever. And that really, it really kickstarted change for both of us. Yeah. Didn't you talk to a pediatrician and the pediatrician was like, she's fine? Yeah. <laughs> totally. I like literally, well, I had a list of things and I was, I was like nervous and sweating. And I was like, so here's all the things that I'm noticing. And do these seem right? And she was like, yeah, it seems fine. That seems normal. And I was like, what? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I don't think so. Uh, so good. Um, you trusted yeah. your instincts. And so then after that, where did you go? What did you do? Honestly, it was a pause between that. If memory serves, she was, I think it was her one year checkup when I said that. And she was like, yeah, fine. And then by two years, I told Andy, hey, here is what I think is going on. And I reached out to one friend. I knew one person to ask. I reached out to her because he was like, well, what do we do? And it took that year period for me to be like, well, I don't know, but I know one person who I think would at least hear me out and would certainly point me in a direction or give me some grounded, like, yes, this is something, or here's someone you could talk to. So you got, you were able to get her therapy or just like learn about her situation rather than being like, totally. why can't, why is she throwing all these temp- temper tantrips? And then you were sure. able to figure out like, oh, it's the clothes, it's the food or whatever. Well, and to put context to it too, in case someone else is sort of similarly experiencing these things it was occupational therapy for her it like to this day she literally is like i love miss donna she was the best like i gotta go and play she didn't think of it as it it was never talk therapy or anything it was very tactile it was putting her in experiences to test those boundaries in a safe space to be able to then translate that into real life for what it's worth if anybody is wondering occupational therapy totally exists for little tiny toddlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And mm-hmm. from there, you, you, I know you're really good with your self-care. Like, were you doing your self-care then? Were you doing it beforehand? Like, meaning before children, were you really good about this? Or like, did this really put the nail in the coffin of like, I need to take care of myself moving forward. Otherwise, this ship is going to sink. <laughs> For sure, 100% the latter. (laughs) I I did not have any self-care practices in any meaningful way for myself before this at all. None. Like the only thing I always was drawn to was just moving my body in some way. So that was the only little schniblet of something that I would give myself was like, okay, it feels good if I go take a walk. It goes feels nice if I go and take this class, something like that. But anything in the spiritual realm, anything in stillness was so far out of my comfort zone, even like awareness. I honestly, I didn't know anything or where to start. And I was thinking about this last night as I was going to bed, like Soph gave me that gift. She gave me that gift of being able to discover those things that are literally the most prized things that I have now. And I have the luxury of showing my two girls the power of that. They know that now. They know I'm different if I go and meditate. They know I'm different if I go and take care of myself in however that looks. And yeah, it was a discovery process. I knew 
nothing. I started from nothing. <laughs> so where did you begin with trying to implement this kind of stuff? Like anything like meditation yeah. or mm-hmm. mindfulness classes? Like where did you begin? I started with, so the end of my exercise classes I would go to would do like literally two minutes of stillness and breathing. And once I got to a point where I was like, everybody else would like get up and leave and I would still be laying there. And I was like, I can really zone out in this two minutes. How Something might need to be nurtured here. So (laughs) it started with that. And then I started with just guided meditations. So I love Gabby Bernstein and I listen to hers still to this day. So those were a great resource because it was like, I knew exactly how much time I had to sit for. I knew that I liked the voice that I was listening to. I knew that it just felt comfortable and accessible because at that point in my life, like I did not slow down. I did not give myself any, like, there were no breaks. I just went fast. And so to be able to shift that to a space of meditating or anything in that realm, I had to be gentle with myself because I just didn't have the skills or the knowledge how to do it. So it started with meditation, then EFT tapping. That was the next one because we had a parenting hurdle to cross. I won't go into the details. It it was potty related, but it was a whole disaster for a number of years. I was like, I don't know what to do with this, but I am so frustrated. I literally don't know what, how to create change. I knew a friend of a friend that was an EFT practitioner. And I was like, I literally have no idea what I'm getting into, but I'm going to sign up and I'm going to go and I'm going to do a session with you. We did it. And I think for somebody who didn't like to close their eyes and sit there and be with my own, only myself. It was nice to have that dialogue. It was nice to have like a physical sensation to what you were doing. All of those sort of eased me into it. So between those two, those were definitely my gateways. Cool. So once you started uncovering all these things and you started sharing them with your kids and you were trying to, I know, get them to use some of these tools mm-hmm. to help better themselves. Now you are offering classes on mindfulness. Like, so you've totally went down this path like 100%. <laughs> and you're just like all in because it really does help you be a yeah. better mother, a better person, a 100%. better person. Yeah. What are your classes that you're offering now? Like, what do they look like? This past summer, I offered mindfulness classes for kids where I collaborated with a yoga studio, which was super fun because we had just this open space available to us and props that went along with the different practices that we would do. It just gave kids a space to explore EFT tapping and breath work, even just like gentle movement, how to get in your body. It was really amazing. The feedback that I heard from parents of because obviously in a yoga community, the parents are like-minded and they're wanting to instill these with their kids. But there's that point of resistance where kids will just push back differently on parents than they will with somebody else. And it was just time and time again, such a gratifying experience of bringing these kids in, kids that were really active and didn't want to slow down or kids that were just, they didn't know any of these practices. And they were open to it because the space was neutral and I was somebody they didn't know. And we welcomed each other in, we got to know each other, created a safe space, and we were able to explore these things together. And it was really a cool experience. I'm excited to kind of dig further into it. That was my first time implementing them was this last summer. Well, and now you have online classes too. 
workshops? I do. So I offer workshops for parents to really give them the tools to be able to go and do this with their kids too, because I came into it blind. Obviously, I did not know the practices myself. I certainly didn't know how to help kids understand them, but it was just through imperfect trial and error that I learned, okay, well, here's how to just offer it up or here's how to explain it. So they might be curious or excited about it and to just like walk away when it doesn't. I offer these workshops for parents to really just learn what tools are like the vetted few that work in real life and then coach them on some ways to really be able to bring those into their home and why it works. Because I think mindfulness can get this rap of like, it's a nice to have like, great, I'll do that when I have time. I really want to flip that story of once you focus on that, everything else falls into place. Everything else can shift and change, but you have to give yourself those tools. And I just have this vision of kids in this elementary age growing up with these tools that I didn't discover till I was in my thirties. So life is just different if you have that. Yeah, absolutely. And would you say life is completely different than it was back then? And like, can you say what exactly is different, do you think? Now that you've implemented these, you've worked on yourself, you've dove even deeper into these things. Like, and you're a good amount of time away from when the first Mm -hmm. event really happened. It's about eight years, right? Or around there. Yeah, thereabouts. And then I will say from like time of discovery, like saying, okay, we need some help. We kind of were like in a little bit of a plateau for a number of years until the pandemic hit. And then when the pandemic hit for a kid who has sensory challenges, who found great relief in going to school and having that routine for all of the reasons that so many other kids struggled, she really had a hard time. So it went like plateau, exploded. (laughs) I will say so to maybe put some more context to the power of mindfulness. So we actually saw a practitioner who I think to Dr. Rowe, we went across Mm -hmm. the country to go see her during the pandemic. And when we did that to really get to the root cause of what was needing support for her, Dr. Rowe, who's a very renowned mental health specialist for kids, she met my daughter and then she was looking at her brain scan and she said, I hope you know that the practices you did, those mindfulness practices that you shared rewired your daughter's brain. Hmm. She is wired to be in an entirely different life than what you have. And I recognize it's not easy, but you need to know that what you did was meaningful, even though it didn't maybe look like you were making a change. It didn't look like success at the time change was made. And that was really what catapulted me to know, okay, even if we do this in tiny bits every day, these are habits that are going to change their lives. And that really kickstarted change. Dr. Rowe specifically really gave my daughter the tactical tools she needed to be able to support her mental wellness. And then that just, it like dug my heels into, okay, we have got to really just figure out what works today, what works tomorrow, and kind of lean into those things and just offer up these resources for my kids. I don't need to hold them for myself. I need to offer them for my family and for others so that once you know them, they're not hard, but you have the option to at least be able to explore them. Yeah, absolutely. And so your younger daughter has benefited from a lot of these as well. And I know she asks for you to do EFT with her at night. 
which is fantastic because it actually really works well for them, especially, I don't know what your daughter's using it for, but Aiden, it'll be like, I am not tired and I know that I need to go to bed. (laughs) So he will just be like, can you tap on me? Because it will just move that energy and then relax and turn off his brain. As well as I've been meaning to mention this, so we take GABA. Do you mm-hmm. guys do GABA? We did at one point. We kind of, we don't at the moment, but we did before. Yes. Holy moly. Huge yeah. difference in Aiden. When mm. he takes GABA, he will sleep so soundly. And oh, also it makes yeah. it easier for him to go to sleep. Like the first time that I gave it to him, he was like, mom, what was in that stuff that you gave me last night? Because I fell right asleep. It's like oh my, my brain just shut off. And I was like, oh, great. That's what it's supposed to do. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's like, I want that every night now. So that's awesome. Oh, thank you for the reminder on that. We do magnesium. So that one's been a consistent one one that we'll do. And sometimes the other supplements will come and go on them. She was flushing them down the toilet for a period of time. I do remember you telling me that. And I was like, I'm a little cautious on supplements. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, so here's an interesting thing. I just started with magnesium spray. I don't know if you've ever tried that. Mm, Yes. It can sting when you first use it because you might be low, but okay. as soon as you're not low, it doesn't sting anymore. And I, w- I was doing some research and this woman was saying, she's a nurse, she was doing her own research and she said that when you take magnesium supplements, you only get about 8% of what's in the supplement versus oh. when you do the spray, you get a lot more. I've noticed a huge difference just by doing the spray. So for what it's Interesting. worth, I ordered it. Oh, that's it good and, to know. Yeah. And this is very new. I just found this out today. Yeah. <laughs> I sprayed it on my stomach and then I went for a walk and I came back and I was like, I think my stomach's flatter. (laughs) Like, no joke. Oh my God. It was kind of weird. I was like, huh, okay, that's cool. I don't know for what it's worth, but that also helps with sleep as well. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, anytime that you can get them where they're not having to like ingest it, it's just like less resistance to it. So that's awesome. Yeah, the stingingness might be a little bit of a problem at first, hopefully. (laughs) God help me. (laughs) I know, at least for yourself, you could use it. So I know that you're now into ice baths. Why are you a fan of ice baths? Well, you are the one that finally got me to do it. I've been curious about ice baths for a while. I think I'm just curious by nature. Like I'll always give something a try to see and If it kind of has somewhat of that shock factor, sometimes that feels intriguing. I've done the cryotherapy and things like that, but that I legitimately did not enjoy. Like that did not. Oh, really? How was Uh -uh. it different than ice baths? Uh, You know what it looks like, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like mildly humiliating. You are standing there completely naked with giant socks and gloves on. The experience isn't the most like enjoyable. The intensity of the cold on your skin is actually uncomfortable. It kind of feels like I would picture freezer burn to be on your skin. Like that's what it feels like. And it lasts a while. Now, I didn't do it super consistently. Who knows? Maybe if I had, it would be. What I was intrigued by the ice baths was I wasn't going so much for it with like physical benefits so much as like I was curious if I would just be happier or if Mm -hmm. I would feel better doing it because I was... I feel like I'm doing all the things. I eat well. I move often. I have a meditation practice, but I was like, what if like another couple minutes into my routine would change that? So that made me curious. And I loved the idea that it could be at home because for me, anytime you can like make it easy and bring it into my space, I'm all for trying it then. So I got the good old fashioned horse trough to start (laughs) to start off with. It was great. So it was the entryway 
to just trying it to see if I liked it, to see if I could do it. And it did not take long for me to get hooked on it. Probably like two times. And I was like, oh yeah, no, this makes a difference. (laughs) Now I know what Amy's talking about. Now I know. Well, and so then I started singing its praises and my husband was like, I don't know. Like, honestly, it seems totally crazy. He has been on a weight loss journey this past year. And I was like, you might, it might kickstart your metabolism. Like, why not? What do you have to lose? It's literally sitting in the backyard looking at you. So he was like, fine, I'll try it. And it was like one time. And he was like, yep, nope, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. And you even took it even a step further and you are now sharing the love with others. Really? You've, You've coordinated a whole team to help build these for people. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. It's, it's awesome. A re- it's funny. I was walking through Costco and I was just grocery shopping and I heard send Chris a text message and ask about the ice baths. Like, how's it going? Yeah. And you wrote back and you're like, you're never going to believe <laughs> what I'm up to now. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so great. Like it filled my heart so much to know that oh not only gosh. did you start doing them because I already knew that and you enjoyed them, uh-huh. but like you enjoyed them so much that you were like, I have to share this with others. I know. Well, I feel like they're, I think I'm a bit of like a problem solver at heart. So like I was sharing just the links to be like, Hey, people would ask me about it and they were curious and I would just send them the links to order it, but nobody would actually do it. So I was like, how could I just like take off that burden and say, okay, super. You're curious about it. Like literally let me deliver it and I'll set it up in your backyard with contractors. Well, I mean, now I've gotten it bigger and better, obviously. I always do. <laughs> so, and prettier. They look like a little spa. It's awesome. Yeah, so, they look amazing. It's really cool. It's Yeah, really cool. that's awesome. Yeah. I love that you're just like that. You, you learn something and you share it just like I do. <laughs> so, Chris, is there anything else you want to share with us before we leave this conversation? I feel like two things. I think, number one, like if you're sort of in that space of feeling in the trenches, like I was, I would just say, give yourself like literally the smallest amount of permission to just explore something to help yourself in the day. I think it's really easy to just endlessly give to others. And when I stopped that and gave back to myself, it just snowballed. And so I would love for you to walk away knowing it is not just me that can do this. There is absolutely nothing special about me that made me able to do this versus you. If you're curious about that too, and you're just wanting to learn more about mindfulness and my approach that I've taken with my kids and in our family, I'd love to share the free workshops too. They're virtual, so you can just join from your jammies if you so desire. (laughs) And I, I host them twice a month and they're so much fun. So I would welcome you to do that and I'll give you the links. Great. Uh, We will definitely post those below. Cool. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. You are a beautiful light (laughs) in this world and I'm so grateful to know you and have you on the show. Oh, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having this conversation. It was a joy. If you love today's podcast, you're going to love the UR Energy course. I'm going to drop the link below so you can pick up that course. I go much more in depth about the science behind healing, and I share the tools and techniques that I use every single day to help my body heal.
all content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.